What's poppin' everybody? Blake Neiman at you with another episode of Blake's Take, and we will start talking about the Nets once again here today, as they have so much drama surrounding their team. It seems like there is always news about them circulating around the association, and since it's the 2021 NBA season, we better get the pregame injury rundown first in this game between the Miami Heat and the Brooklyn Nets. As Jimmy Butler was out due to an ankle injury, Victor Oladipo was out due to a knee injury, and Harden was out for his sixth straight game to that same hamstring injury. But then, just two minutes into this game, we lost another star as Kevin Durant, yes, the Kevin Durant who has only been back four games after missing 29 in a row due to a hamstring injury, went up for a basket but made knee-to-leg contact with Trevor Ariza, suffering a left thigh constitution, or bruise for short, and he would not return into this game. So now the Nets are once again down to just Kyrie and friends, but they got worked by got worked by Miami as four players from the Miami Heat scored in double figures just in the first half alone, while they went 12 of 20 from beyond the arc as a team allowed allowing the Heat to take a four point lead going into the half. The Heat had a seven point lead midway through the fourth and were looking pretty solid, but then the Nets would go on a 13 0 run, highlighted by a pair of near identical Landry Shamit threes to take six point lead Ooh, down the stretch. But here come the Heat as Gordon Drogic lobs one up to Adebayo while Ariza would follow in the paint and Kyrie would miss a chance that would for the huge three dagger as Jogic would then get the rebound off the miss and took it coast to coast for the bucket to tie it all up 107 apiece just like that clutch time right there but now here we go to the final 10 seconds left. Autobio holds the ball down, makes a loop move left, sets up for the block, and hits the shot for the win. The first buzzer beater of his career. The Heat now snapped their three-game losing streak, while the Nets have now dropped three of their last five games. Hopefully KD's injury is just the day-to-day and isn't too serious because I want to see this big three actually play, start to play together. When this team got put together and Harden got traded to the Brooklyn, we thought it couldn't possibly be, possibly be real. And we were kind of right, as the big three has only played a whopping seven, yes, seven games this season together. Injuries this season have really just put a sour spot in what could have been one of the most exciting seasons in NBA history. The matchups we could have had in the regular season between full roster Nets versus full roster Lakers, full roster Nets versus Sixers, Jazz, and so many others. It it could have gone down on the list. I can just go down the list of a few of the names that you might recognize who are currently out just all across the association. Donovan Mitchell. Jamal Murray, LaMelo Ball, Zach Levine, James Wiseman, Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, Shagilgius Alexander, Spencer Dinwiddie, Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and LeBron James. All of those guys are currently out. Oh my gosh. What is going on in the NBA? Many of these top stars are not even playing due to injuries they have suffered this season. I'm so glad that we at least still have Curry because this season has been just ruined by injuries and it may just go down as one of the worst under entertaining seasons in NBA history. Uh, speaking of Curry though, being entertaining, 
Let's talk about his insane performance this past week. Although many other injuries are past the association, we can't worry about that because, I mean, we obviously as fans, we're going to be worried about it and we're going to be frustrated that we don't get to watch our stars play. And that's frustrating all in all, but we Curry basically made up this week for all those stars. As Saturday night, Curry put up 47 points in a loss to the Boston Celtics, adding to his historic 10 games over 30 points run that ties the great Kobe Bryant for the most consecutive games with 30 points over the age of 33. The Warriors' success this season has hinged on Curry's consistent greatness, a level that he seems to raise every game now. Curry went 15 of 27 from the field in Boston, including 11 of 19 from beyond the arc, making the 20th time in his career he has made 10 or more three-pointers in a game, adding to his NBA record that he just wipes past the others. Second place is only with five. Over this past week, here are Curry's stats. On Monday, he drops 53. Wednesday, 42. Thursday, it seems abnormal that he scored 33. And of course, he finishes the week off in Boston with 47 on Saturday. For the past 10 games, or the entire month of April, you could say, he has averaged 39.1 points per game. 39! 55% from the field, 49% from three, and 90 from the line. It is just unreal the things this guy does. He is the greatest shooter of all time, undoubtable, and is proving to be the most lethal offensive threat and weapon in the NBA, even with everyone fully healthy. It's exciting to see Curry just totally carry this Warriors team in an attempt to make the playing game, but whether or not his legacy is just fully restored, and this season he should definitely be at the top of those MVP conversations. After the stretch he is currently having, who knows how long it could go because he is just going off right now and it doesn't seem like any team is going to stop him. So it'll be exciting to continue to watch Curry and hopefully we'll maybe get some other star talent that we can watch other than just Golden State games. As far as MLB, let's talk some baseball, starting off with a com- big competitive Southern California rivalry. As the top two NL teams in the Dodgers and the Padres squaring it off down in San Diego. On the mound, it was a battle of Cy Young winners as Trevor Bauer got the start for the Dodgers, while Blake Snell got the start for the Padres. As the, as the last time the Dodgers saw Snell was when he was pounding the zone, getting strikeout after strikeout against them until he got pulled in Game 6 of the World Series for the Rays, and they ultimately won. The Dodgers were not going to let those, that Snell get ahead of them this time, though, early as Chris Taylor launched a two-run shot to the upper deck to take the 2-0 lead in just the top of the second. As for Bauer, he got to work early as he struck out four batters and gave up no earned runs through the first three innings. However, he left one hanging in the fourth and Jake Cronenworth took advantage as he sent one deep right field for the solo shot for the only earned run of Bauer's day through five. Blake Snell then finished his part as he got some more outs as he finished with five innings pitched on seven strikeouts and just two earned runs off of that one homer. However, in typical Padres fashion, they started teeing off of the Dodgers' bullpen as Eric Hosmer hit a double to left that tied it all up to a piece. Hosmer would then get up again in the 8th. This time, he would single up the middle for the RBI to take the lead. 
and then but Fernando Tatis almost got thrown out, but he stayed on, which was key because the next batter was Tommy Pham, who would wrap this one up with a two RBI deep double to the left field corner wall, getting the 5-2 win and snapping the Dodgers' eight-game win streak. This will continue to be a fun series to watch as the season goes on. I'm excited to see how they try and mess around with their bullpens and what matchups we can get on the mound and both just the back-and-forth offensive powers in Fernando Tatis Jr., Mookie Betts. Oh, it's just amazing to watch these two teams play, and it'll be exciting to continue to watch this little rivalry that is brewing. It is going to be a rivalry brewing. It may have not been in the past, but I can tell you, this is going to be a very, very hype series come playoff time. Now to a quick, exciting, close game against the Tigers and the A's. This game started with an RBI triple to deep center to the deep center wall from Roman Loreno that gave the A's the 1-0 lead. But the Tigers would respond in the sixth with Willie Castro getting a two RBI single on a hard hit to right field ground ball, snapping the Tigers 23 consecutive innings without a run. Who? What a relief there for the Tigers. A's needed a run late to tie and the, they got one as Sean Murphy on a solo shot would smack one on a line to left center just over the wall. Here we go now, bottom of nine, A's have a runner in scoring position for pinch hitter Mitch Moreland, who hit one just under the third baseman's glove for his second walk-off this season, extending the A's winning streak to eight after just starting a horrible one and seven. To finish off the segment, we got big AL rivals in the Yankees and the Rays squaring it off in the Bronx. Can Giancarlo Stanton kick this one off with a solo shot to just over the right field wall to give the Bronx Bombers some confidence? Yanni Diaz would respond, though, for the Rays with an RBI single off to Aaron Hicks, who bobbled the ball, allowing the game to be tied at one. DJ LeMay, who would then pick it up for the Yanks, though, and he came back in the third, bet with a back with, with a RBI blooper to right as he got a run there. And then Garrett Cole did his job, as always, as he does on the mound, as he just allowed two earned through six in the third innings with ten strikeouts. Joey Wendell added a nice run in the ninth with a Big, big crush to right to go back-to-back games with a homer and give the Rays the two-run lead going at the bottom of nine. Yankees would try and get a rally going late, but they were stopped in their tracks as they roughhand our door would line out in the second to the second base and end the game right there. Yankees now fall to five and ten, their worst start since 1997, and are now three and fifteen in their last 18 games against the Rays. Yikes, really sorry to be a Yankees fan right now. Offensively, they're great, but defensively, oh man, the airs are just adding up too much for them. And the bullpen definitely behind Garrett Cole needs to get better because they also give up there. So hopefully the Yankees can figure it out defensively because offensively they pretty much are doing very well. They definitely have have to make some improvements at the plate, but it's doing decent. It's doing all right, but the defense is out of control that needs to be fixed immediately if they want to be even a contender to get into into a wild card spot for the for the playoffs college basketball here we come and the time has finally come as chet holgram the number one ranked senior in the country and projected number one pick in the 2022 nba draft committed to drum roll please 
Gonzaga. Chet Holgram is close friends with and a former high school teammate of and AAU teammate of Jalen Suggs, who just finished a stellar, fresh, stellar freshman season, as we all saw at Gonzaga, and is now projected to be a top five pick in this summer's NBA draft. He had a lot of influence, he said of Suggs. He is someone I know and trust. We had a lot of casual conversations. He is both a friend and a teammate. I could hear it firsthand from him. I would watch him play and watch how the team plays. Then we would talk. It's a culture where everyone comes and is willing to work. Holgram had a dominant senior season of Menahaha this past season, averaging 20.8 points, 12.6 rebounds, 4.5 assists, and 4.7 blocks while while shooting 80% from the field. Manahaha won its fourth straight state championship earlier this month, while Holgram went eight eight point on for eighteen points, thirteen rebounds, and seven assists in the game as the eighty to twenty nine dominant victory in the Class Three A state championship game. Suggs became the highest ranked recruit in program history when he signed last spring, but now Holgram takes on, on that honor over his friend as he is now the first number one ranked prospect to commit to Gonzaga. It's another step forward in the Zags' emergence as a true power over the past two decades. Gonzaga fell one game short of making the college basketball history earlier this month, losing that national championship to the Baylor Bulldog in the Bulldogs' first defeat of this season. Heartbreaking. Devastating. So hopefully that devastation and heartbreak won't come back as they try and pick up this very unique and special once-in-a-generation talent in Holgram as he will try and push the Zags over the hump this upcoming season. As far as local sports, the Philomath baseball team was trying to was facing a huge task in trying to take down the defending state champs, Banks Braves. The Warriors would get this on the sticks early as they were looking good with Cameron Ordway slapping a double on the first pitch of the game while Griffith followed with a walk to set up a two RBI single for May, which was huge 2-0 lead in the first inning. The Warriors would then follow in the third with a double from Griffith, who later stole home, and then Chase Beardsley drove in Adam Hernandez on an RBI single to put up four runs in the first three innings for the Warriors. Great start there. And then Ty May, of course, followed in the fifth with a double to right center. Uh, Russell got hit by a pitch to get on base and set up a two RBI smash to left for Beardsley for the, as the Warriors were looking as if they were going to compete well, putting up a solid offensive performance. However, the Warriors struggled on the mound and their defense was struggling as well as they gave up 11 earned runs off of the Braves' impressive offense who's got 11 hits to get their fourth straight win by mercy rule this season. The Warriors will attempt to bounce back as they head into their league schedule in a very tough opponent in the Sweet Home Huskies on Wednesday and Thursday, looking to try and finish the league strong and regroup because we are hoping to see this team again in the playoffs and get our redemption and get that. We were very... all over the place yesterday and really not smooth and in rhythm and hopefully in the short period of time of four weeks we can get there and get to that really elite level that we should be at as the Flomith baseball baseball program is well known for. So we'll try and bounce back. The Flomith baseball team defensively is going to really grind down and battle down as they try and improve and hopefully see these Banks Bears, these Banks Braves once again in the postseason. So thank you for tuning into another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you enjoyed all the craziness in the NBA. Uh, just t- not enjoyed it as a fan. It is horrible to see 
all these stars, players injured, and I don't know if I've ever seen it, anything like this with this many stars out of the league. It seems like everyone on the All-Star team is just out right now. But Curry keeps us entertained, right? And then, of course, we got always baseball to watch, and the Padres taking on the Dodgers. It's going to be great in this postseason, and throughout the season, it's going to be awesome. Hope you all enjoyed all that. You can catch me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or YouTube. Hope you all enjoyed, and I will get you with more national and local sports in the next episode of Blake's Take.